Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast powered by Cineman. I'm Ian Graff and as always, I'm joined by Lachlan Teeley. On episode 156, you and I have some thoughts around the second Wonka trailer and some non-strike news for once. This is an interesting week. Today, Lachlan and I will also draft the best Netflix originals. And then we both caught the first somehow good anime adaptation with One Piece. Finally, you and I caught up on the latest Netflix release, Fair Play, a steamy office finance drama, but do we both get on our knees and beg to love it? Well, you'll hear our thoughts later on in the episode. We'll do the scar and that's now that office is getting rebooted. That joke is in again. Steamy yeah. office. You get steamy it, Lachlan? Office. Anyway. Cue the intro. We are professionals. This is, this is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually, Did you this get is me a hat a as bit... well? Um, yes. So I've got Dune Cam. <laughs> it's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. All right. Welcome back. Uh, it's, it's a big week. Lots to talk big about. Big week. Hope you're doing fine. I feel like you're doing way better than last week with your uh, allergies. Yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I said it, but I got this new nasal spray and oof, oof, I can mm-hmm. breathe. I can breathe. My, my throat is sore, but I had a, uh, my air conditioning blowing all night because it was really hot. So that's mm. why, because it's just dried up. But uh, yeah. hey, that's just, that's just the summer here in Australia. It gets hot, so I need to cool down. And uh, I mm-hmm. fight off uh, allergies. Now I've got to fight off uh, my air conditioning from ruining my voice. So... Fair, yeah. I do that as well, where I just blast my vent. We don't have AC here in Switzerland, but just blast my like vents directly in my face, and I just kind of like that, even if it's not like as hot anymore and as in the summer. Yeah. Um, and it's not a good, it's not a good habit to have because it, it will fuck you up. It will dry you up. Uh, there were a couple of new trailers that dropped. First look, uh, I guess it already was the second trailer. I don't remember if we got a teaser. But for the second season of um, Amazon Prime's Invincible, and I just want to get your quick thoughts on it. I mean, we both caught season one, right? What did you What did you make of uh, this new look? Uh look. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to hold up too much judgment because I thought Invincible season mm-hmm. one was actually really, really good. So yeah. Uh, same voice cast, same team doing it again. I just don't think the trailer was that great. So, yeah, I ho- hopefully the season yeah. two is going to be... Yeah, hopefully season two is good. I just think the trailer wasn't wasn't really well put together. No, there was something really off about it. And it was like... It, it felt like they really wanted to arrive at, at a point where like, ooh, our lead guy is not a bad guy. And also, like the prospect of yet another multiverse in another property is really not... In- intriguing to right there was one character with like the multiverse thing it's really not intriguing to me um it's just kind of rubbed me the wrong way and yeah i don't know also the voice performances just didn't connect with me this time around but maybe i don't know i had the same thing with, i think uh, i think it's just the yeah. trailer i think it's just the trailer yeah. and we I could possibly so. put it aside well, just yeah. do a bad trailer edit but hey we'll, we'll mm. see it's it's not uh too far away but speaking of bad trailer edits, that first uh, Wonka trailer got a lot of reactions. Maybe also a bad performance is what people were really uh, thinking when they first saw Timothy Chalamet as, as Mr. Wonka. I think the second one, this, this trailer is way better and I'm not really that concerned with it. Uh, not that I ever was. I just feel like we'll get a whimsical musical that's over the top and cheesy. And I don't know if they'll totally like completely fumble the bag. I don't think they will. But what did you make of it? Uh, I don't think it's going to be bad. I think that the mm. film is going to be pretty good. Because uh, after all, I do believe it's directed. Is it? Is it, am I, is it being directed by the Paddington director? Am I just getting that uh, wrong? It is. Yeah. Paddington 2. Um, I don't know if they have the same director. But, but and yeah. For me, for me, I think that uh, overall, like the Wonka IP has had two adaptations. And they're both very different. And I feel mm. like it stands on its own feet. This one, it is, again, very different from the previous two films. Uh, it's probably going to take some ideas uh, from, I, I believe it's it's a prequel to the first one, to, to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But yeah. that is yet to be seen. I can't confirm that. 
but for 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 what I've seen, I'm I'm actually into it. I'm not gonna lie. I I actually like a lot of the people in the film. So for me, I'm yeah. going to go see it for the cast. And if it's anything, Paddington One, Paddington Two, Paul King knows how to give a film heart. And yeah. even though Paddington is just a good soul, so is Wonka. Wonka is also a good soul at the end of the day. Yes, he does some pretty fucked mm. up things, but he is a kind soul. So I don't have any issues with Timothy Chalamet playing Wonka, but mm. that probably is the only thing that I'm not 100% sure on because that will be the make or break for this film. Yeah. And I mean, it is, isn't uh, the Chocolate Factory thing also uh, wrote a uh, doll story? Um, yes. So I assume it's just based on that and not really connected to the to the other movies or like uh, definitely in the marketing. I guess it could be like prep, like I don't know, marketed as a prequel, but um, it seems to be like a wholly different thing. I don't know if it's based on anything when it comes with the obviously there's the like the the music right that's iconic. Yeah. Uh, in there and like there were there were some music tones that they hit in the trailer were like oh okay, you know this is a full on musical. This could be really good. Uh, if they nail that part, especially. Also, Hugh Grant's Oompa Loompa could possibly be the best part of the film. Uh, yeah. I feel it's like it's really people funny that worried, but I think ah, so good. That was good, yeah. Yeah. He is a charming lad. There's a reason why he was cast in so many rom coms and has been a hot prop for a lot of people growing up. Uh, so, uh, yeah, here as a tidy man, he, he, just, he just got it. He just got it. He's great. And uh, yeah, lastly, Iron Claw, an A24 project that uh, with much anticipated A24 project uh, based uh, loosely, I think, on right on on a real family of fighters. Um, looked really interesting. Um, Zach Afron is in it, jacked to the fucking brim. My God, what do you make of that trailer? I, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, I it had a really good. Uh soundtrack to it i really enjoyed the music in that one a lot more than i think oh, you yeah. said wonka's music was great but this this was even better um so mm. i'm i'm very keen uh for both zach Af uh, zach efron and um is it jeremy, jeremy Allen, yeah alan white whatever white, his name is yeah. um mm -hmm. oh dude, i'm so i'm yeah. so keen i think this is gonna be super super good so for me i that's all yeah. i have to say because it was the only one that kind of left me like yep this trailer i don't have anything to say yeah. about it it's solid i'm i'm super excited for the film and I'm not a big, Harris, I'm not a big fighting yeah. movie guy. I'll put that up right, there. Yeah. I'm not a big boxing guy. I only watch Rocky this year. Yeah. So what can I say? <laughs> I totally forgot that that was this year where you like watched a bunch of. Um, watched every Rocky yes. movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I couldn't remember if you watched all of them or if you just caught up with some of them. But you did watch all of them. That's crazy. And then I'm also always a fan of Lily James. Uh, but that's not to anyone who listens to the show regularly. Did they? They know that already, so I'm I'm really keen just for the cast alone, and then like the story, visual style, everything seems to be coming together just well. And then um maybe uh like first loosely kind of news item would be that uh A24 recently announced that uh they were like in the future going for bigger IP. Uh, I don't know if you saw Lachlan. I think in uh that there was also something where they were fighting or like bidding over the rights to the Halloween franchise, or maybe I'm mistaking it now. Yeah. I think it was the Halloween franchise. They lost out to MGM. But then I was just like left wondering, okay, what other horror franchises could A24 go for that maybe have the rights up in contention? Uh, but, but yeah, I don't know if you got any thoughts on this. I think it's overall like not a bad thing. Yeah. If with their vision, they're kind of tied to bigger IP, I feel like it, it's better to have a refreshing voice and just like the big five who seem to control and steamroll anything everything in not like such a great direction currently yeah it'll uh it'll be interesting because I, I feel like with these reboots of these horror icons there have been some missed opportunities uh but i feel like the mm. halloween one has been has been the safest one and i feel yeah. like because of the success of it uh of recent time people would want to capitalize on keeping that train rolling. But, uh, yeah. where's Freddy Krueger? Where is he? <laughs> in your dreams, man. In your dreams. Uh, <sighs> yeah. I, I, that's, that's one where I could really see it work with A24, just because the flair of the possibilities of, of Freddy Krueger's character. 
Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street has a lot of potential, especially for someone who's really deep into film history and horror film history and just overall. You can you can do so much with that franchise that uh, I really hope if there's like some kind of bidding going for the next iteration in that series, that A24 may, might have a shot. What we didn't discuss last week with The Exorcist is that uh, like the, the budgeting um, that um, they, they are locked in for the trilogy. I think that's kind of something that uh, I wasn't really caught up on as much. I don't know if you brought it up, but essentially they committed themselves to invest $400 million. They didn't pay $400 million up front for the licensing rights to do the movies, but they basically mm. committed themselves to high-quality ones, not so they could just get the IP and then shit out a bunch of streaming movies for like $5 million yeah, a pop. They do have to set the quality straight Some for this. Decent money um, to drop on an IP. And now that they're committed to it, uh, we're definitely going to see. Uh, I think that the next one is also, there was a title already I'm blanking on, and I'll put it up here if I can find it again. But um, it's very much David uh, Gordon Green uh, naming conventions in, in that way. That was like Halloween, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. This was like um, The Exorcist Believer, and then the next one was something like Condemnation or I don't know, some, some stupid shit like that. <laughs> But yeah, I guess really like some some naming conventions that I know you don't really appreciate, Lachlan, because it's it's just, it's in the same vein as like the Spider Man uh, stuff of recent memory, where everything is yeah. like tied to home. So that's that uh, on that front. But there was also the uh, Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie, um, and it was a huge success. It had a projection to. Uh, possibly make uh, around 100 million, maybe even more than that, maybe a little bit less than that. By the time this episode comes out, I will have the final numbers, uh, should have the final numbers in here yet. We don't know it as it is some Saturday night <laughs> right now in the States, I think. Crazy, right? This is the second biggest opening in October ever, only tracking about 300,000 behind uh, Joker's opening in 2019. It made in in like the first, I think probably two days. So I don't know if it's just the Friday gross because there was a uh, short little pre-release window on Thursday. It made 39 million, which is crazy. I think it, it's it's gonna beat or be That's at least good. on the same track as like uh, the biggest opening of the year, uh, like like Barbie and and mm. that's really impressive. But yeah, Lachlan, you don't have any plans to go to go see it, or uh, are you gonna go? No. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend four thousand dollars and fly over to Sydney and watch her live when she comes here instead. <laughs> I do know someone who's doing that, by the way. I do know someone uh, who's yeah, doing yeah. that. This movie is a great alternative for people who are not able to do that, because from what I've heard. Um, the experience is very much like the concert, just like basically documenting it. Uh, yeah. And if you're in a room full of like like-minded people who just want to enjoy sing along, I feel like this this was a really great move by her. And I hope we see more stuff like this. I think it's yeah, <laughs> even if the stuff that has come out of it seems like very chaotic. There was like the one thing that people kept uh, calling like the Mitsuma thing. Uh, when they were dancing in the circle. Well, I just thought, like, it, it's it's charming, man. They're just having a good time, and it's, like, the one time where that, that does make sense in a theater, you know, to be loud, to be like that, because it's a different type of experience. I will catch it probably later on once this hits streaming, because I am kind of curious about it, but I'm not going go to go to a theater to go catch it. Then, uh, finally, uh, is it Sir Michael Caine, or is it just Michael Caine? I think it's Sir think Michael it's Sir, Caine, right? I think Isn't he's been knighted, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Sir Michael Caine um, is officially retiring at age 90. His uh, last film, The Great Escaper, I think premiered at the London Film Festival. I, I assume I need to check that. Maybe it was New York. It was him in the lead role. It got great praise, and he basically said, I'm going out on, on, a, on a high note um, as I get elite, as I get good reviews, and just going to focus on writing novels now. And I just think in the current mediascape that we're in, in the current situation, I feel like this is just like a nice thing. A man who's had a great career, he's doing great on a high note, on his own terms. There he goes. I'm just happy. Uh, great. We've had you in a lot of great performances and great roles, and now he's retiring. Um, and I'm just happy for him. Like, I don't know if you have anything to add here, but I'm just, I'm just glad Michael Caine 
Uh, there's a lead no. role as well. I'm, just, I'm, gl- I'm glad yeah. he's just doing what so many other celebrities, who, might I add, are younger, should be doing uh, and retiring instead of just doing right. some uh, some exceptions. Like, I, I will say that who who just got diagnosed with dementia? Uh, oh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, yeah. Bruce Willis, he yeah. was like, I'm going out swinging. I'm just going to do as many movies as I bloody can. And to be fair, if he wants to do that, he wants to do that. But there's certain actors yeah. who have decided to do neither of those, who are not doing one last movie and then retiring. They're all doing, I'm going to do a bajillion films and I don't care the quality of them uh, because I love mm-hmm. making them. Some people aren't doing that. And they should, but hey, yeah. Michael Caine, I respect that. I I, I guess it will be yeah. sad. I feel like he might get asked mm. by um, Nolan no to do like a, mm. a cameo or something, and I'm sure he'd be happy to do that if it's something simple. Uh, but maybe he's just fully pulling out of the game. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a nice little story in my opinion. Hey, in the next few years, he won't because there will definitely. Be a digital version of him, and we'll never, even if he passes away, we'll always have him. Cause, always have him. Yeah. Uh, I think with Bruce Willis specifically, I think what was going on there was more that he was also trying to make as much money as he can for his family mm. uh, before before he left. So it's like, well, like that story is really sad. But um, yeah, there's, there's some people who are just like. There's no illness or anything behind it. It's just like pump out pretty mid year after year just for the sake of it. But uh, yeah, that's that, it. that's that for the news this week. Now for discussion time, Lachlan, this week, I do have something new here that we've never done before. And that is a, a movie draft of sorts. Um, we'll have a visual for this. Uh, Lachlan, for, for us, it's quite ugly. It's only text right now, but... Um, for, for the listeners at home, you'll have an actual like graphic for this where you can see all of the movies um, that are in contention. So basically the way this works is that we both get 15 points to distribute um, and there's 20 movies in total. They're all in different tiers. The highest tier uh, costs five points and then it goes down from five to one. And uh, we go back and forth. Uh, do you want to do a snake draft or, or a back and forth uh, normal <sighs> one? I, I do, but I feel like you're missing a couple of movies that should be replaced. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I had struggles to, uh, like, I replaced a bunch, and it was hard to put them in the right uh, column and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But do you have any suggestions? We can, we can live swap on here. Uh, as so, well. you know, can okay, live, live swap, okay? Live swap. Mm-hmm. So sure. you have got a couple of films on there that I don't think need to be on there and I feel like would be a better a better swap. Mm. Um so you have you have Bird Box, okay? And yeah. and Bird Box is extremely a- successful. But I have an idea of an alternative that was an, a Netflix release. Uh at least okay. here it here it was. And it's also an end of the world film. And um, I don't know if you agree with me, but uh, I feel like this might be a better option on here. Annihilation. Well, that would be really low, though. Um, I didn't. I don't think I saw that one on the list for actual being a, a Netflix original. I think they acquired it. So uh, okay, so it has to be why. original. Oh, is this the key thing? I, it has to be an original. Yeah, because this was a Paramount right thing co-released. Okay. Yeah, I, I went by a list. I went by a list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, look, let's just stick with the list, even if it's Im- imperfect. We can do this again. I think it's really fun, um, and it could have different themes. I think we can we can do it like this, just uh, for simplicity's sake. We'll do like a snake draft. So yeah, Lachlan, do you want to go first, or should I? You go first. I think I'll. I don't think you'll go for this. I think for me, uh, just to be true to stick to my own guns and what I believe is 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 great to this. Uh, I do have to stick with Noah Baumbach and go with Marriage Story first because I feel like it's one of the ones where you could also go for it. So my first five co- points go out to, to Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, solid pick, I think, from the start. And I do want to lock in those high points before you take them away from me. What about you, Lachlan? So I have two films on here that stand out as two of my favorites, but... Yeah. I'm going to go with five points to 
I'm thinking of ending things. Okay, interesting. Look, I could easily just like go. Well, you got another pick, but you could easily just go with like three of the top top five, and then you got solid picks. Because I don't know what the the quality drop is so steep for Netflix. Yeah, They're like I don't know if I want anything of yeah. the bottom two. <laughs> so this is a, a different kind of draft. But uh, what's your second pick? So my second pick is once again. Uh, the 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 two that I was thinking of because I I think they're both two extremely really really good films and they're completely opposite and mm-hmm. that's all quiet on the Western Front. Okay, so you're keeping it grim, also re- as uh, like uh, <laughs> themed with death. Your 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 common through line seems to be death, and I'm intrigued now to go with some kind of breakup between people. Uh, I'm very intrigued to just go like with another uh, Noah Baumbach film with the Merowitz stories, but I don't think I will. It's hard to not go for Anka Gems because it's one of my favorite films of all time. But I think I'll go with The Five Bloods. Uh, I think it's really solid. Interesting. Okay. Then I'm already at nine points. We both are at nine points right now. The natural conclusion to this is from five to go to six. So I'm going to pick six on the ground. (laughs) It has to be done. All right. Back to you, Lachlan. I'm at 10. (laughs) Hmm. God, I keep looking at hubby Halloween. I want to die. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah i remember our drunk cast for that one that was um a so movie. my next pick is what you said because i do think it needs to be selected and that's uncut gems safety bro oh, okay brilliant film Damn. i've i've kind of cornered the irishman on this list like i've, yeah. I've put the irishman in a box <laughs> no one touch it <laughs> <laughs> well I, I mean, I have to budge it still. You have one point remaining. So uh, I don't think you have like that much more to choose from. So yes. you're kind of stuck and I feel to, to like, go with I Tall feel Girl like... to Kissing with a Death Note. <laughs> so, oh, wait, I've just realized. Is this five, four, oh, four, three, two, one? I get it now. You haven't yeah, listed yeah, yeah. this in, in any kind of way I, I that thought, made sense I to thought me. It was... I, thought, I thought I could just yeah. pick any of them. Uh, oh, wait, <laughs> hang on. Okay, this, yeah, I hate you for doing this. <laughs> Sorry, the um, concept, I guess, wasn't clear. <laughs> but no, we know no, for the, the future now. the concept wasn't clear. No, that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, fuck. No, yes, no, yes. Okay, no, I'm, I'm sticking with it. I get one point. You get, yeah, so just the bottom row. <sighs> I hate this. I mean, you got three really good movies. They have sequel potential, uh, other than Death Note. The Kissing Booth got two sequels. Tall Girl Can I pick Six Underground as well? <laughs> I mean, uh, no. <laughs> You're actually not allowed. I do, I do want to see you pick either Kissing Booth, Tall Girl, or Death Note. Okay. okay. The Six Underground, right, I feel like, is okay. the best you know one what? Out of those No, things. you know what, Ewan? Fuck you. What? I am not going to <laughs> abide by your rules. Okay. And I am adding a movie. <laughs> Where's your Netflix originals right. list? Where's your Netflix originals list? Okay. Does it have to be a, an original film? Okay. Yeah. yeah so let me ask like you. That, let me ask you. List. It has to be original. has to be original. Mm-hmm. And that's it, right? So just an original film. Well, it also has... I, I did categorize it by quality as well. So it has to be a pretty shit film to be in the one point column. But You didn't I mean, like Six Underground? Oh. I think it was... I mean, it's the best out of out of that. Uh, you could definitely sweep UB Halloween with six hundred. I think that would be fair. It was my it assessment. Was the, next uh, next time, you outbreak. you can make this thing, and then uh, you can pick. Well, to be fair, I did not have the rules given out to me in a clear manner. <laughs> when I fucking, fucking Trump speak, I did not. What's my hang on? What's my lowest rated uh, Netflix letterbox score? Surely I've got like a really low one. Oh, you know, I gave Six Underground one star. Okay, sick. All right, cool. I did six, give Six Underground one star. You hated it. That's very funny. If, if if it makes it easier, I guess you can also pick Six Underground unless you got something Why did you have to put it? Hubby Halloween above Tall Girl or The Kissing Booth? Because it's better. Those movies are, are so trash. All right, you ready? You ready for this? You ready okay. for this? Uh, you made me do this. I'm removing, I'm thinking of ending things. I'm then going oh, so to going... highlight okay. extraction. <laughs> sure. What does Five that give me? Three. Yeah, you're 12, so you got three more. 
sick. <laughs> I'm picking. Oh god. Ah. Uh, you also don't need to pick one from every column, right? Just so you know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I'm just okay, trying okay, to. Okay. No, no. I'm you know, okay. Considering no, you I, don't know I, what the I, fucking I rules are. I'm adding. I'm adding. I'm thinking of anything's back, and I'm keeping uncut gems. And fuck it, I'm highlighting Death Note, and Death Note can stay. I feel. I feel like this is just a great decision, uh, considering we're talking about anime live action adaptations later on. It is a dog shit movie though. Uh, but great pick, Lachlan. And I have a couple more points to give out. I got four still. Um, so uh I just I just <laughs> it's been so long <laughs> since I've it was my turn. But going from five to six, I, I like the urge to go with Trial of the Chicago Seven is really big. But I think I'm I don't know if I need more action because I already have six underground. I do have drama. I do have uh, the five bloods with historical stuff. Uh, I do need a bit of bit of love in in mind. So I think I'm going with the girlies and to all the boys I loved before for three points. Issue is I have um, only one point remaining after this. If I yeah, I think so. Right, four, nine, uh, twelve. Uh, no, I have two more, right? Yeah, no, I do have two more. <laughs> then I'll go with something really crazy. And uh, from the two-point column, I'll go with Polar. So my, Damn it. I, I, I wanted to really select Polar hectic. so hard. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you don't have any points left anyways. It's 15 to give out. So those are our lists. Uh, <laughs> I feel like if we do this again, I definitely have to explain it to you a bit better how, how it works. I just kind of assumed that like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But um, sorry, that's just my 6 a.m. brain not really working. But So Lachlan, your list is Uncut Gems, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Death Note. Mine is Marriage Story, The Five Bloods, To All the Boys I Loved Before, Polar, and Six Underground. Now, uh, yeah, you guys let us know which one's better. Uh, speaking of those, uh, those Netflix originals, Lachlan, let's get to what we've been watching this week. And um, yeah, for me, it was a slow week, Lachlan. I, I didn't really catch anything new. I'm still working my way through some of the online uh, catalog of the Zurich Film Festival and I probably get, won't get as far as I'd like to. So the, the festival coverage from, from there has been a bit postponed because I'm still watching it even a week after the festival has wrapped. You had some time to catch up with something that just released on Netflix uh, earlier this week, right? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, fall, uh, The Fall of the House of the Usher, which is... Um... Mm -hmm. A mouthful of a title, I'll say that for a fact. But it's uh, Mike Flanagan's latest Netflix horror miniseries, which, if you've listened to the podcast before, on any horror-themed episode, I am not someone who seeks horror. I am no. not someone who goes out of the way to watch horror, horror movies or horror TV mm. shows because it's just not my thing. But for yeah. whatever reason, which I think I know what it is, Mike Flanagan's stuff, I enjoy. So I watched his, mm. uh, the first thing I watched from him was uh, Midnight Mass uh, that yeah. came out two years ago, which was, and again, a mini series on Netflix. And I really enjoyed it more than what I thought I would. And obviously, Mike Flanagan has had a run of movies with both uh, something like Gerald's Game and Doctor Sleep. They're both uh, two films that he did that didn't get the greatest reviews and I think have slowly become more and more cult following favorites uh, since they released, uh, especially Dr. Sleep. I feel like Dr. Sleep got a lot of shit when it came out, but slowly people are kind of being like, you know what? It's, it's not that bad. But then he also released The Haunting of Hill House, which was massively successful on Netflix and ever since then has been doing mini TV series such as The Haunting of Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, the Midnight Club, and now the Fall of the House of Usher. Uh, the interesting mm -hmm. thing for the Fall of the House of Usher is it's actually based off of Edgar Allan Poe's uh, short stories and poems and kind of all brought together mm. and uh, based off his, uh, again, uh, story of the Fall of the House of Usher, which for me uh, made it very, very intriguing 
because I I've read some of Edgar Allan Poe's stuff and I actually quite enjoy it. I'm not I, Ewan knows I'm not a big reader, but I have read some of his stuff and I I do enjoy I, some I, of it. Yeah, especially because it is super dark and mm-hmm. uh, that was just a lot of fun for me uh, to read his kind yeah. of stuff. So going into this, I got super excited because. I like vampires and Midnight Mass did that for me. And I've also a big fan of Edgar Allan Poe's stuff. And I think that Mike yeah. Flanagan adapts things fairly well, in my opinion, uh, to to work in this mini series. And I think he's found his format. I don't think for him, movies work all that well because he only has a set amount of time. Where with this, they're hour long yeah. episodes. There's eight episodes. There's eight hours worth of content here. And he can really flesh out some characters. Uh, for yeah. me... I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as much as Midnight Mass. I feel like Midnight Mass built up to this big climactic ending where this didn't as much. So for me, I feel like, unfortunately, the last episode isn't the best. I feel like there are some better episodes in there mm-hmm. and the horror aspect kind of built up to the end of each episode and then some of it was lackluster, some of it was good. Uh, overall, I'm, I'm quite happy with it. I did enjoy it. I gave it a three and a half stars because mini series are on Letterbox. That's right. Thank you, Letterbox, for including that. <laughs> so if there's a second season, uh-huh. they remove it. But if it's a mini series, they include it. Uh, and yeah, I had a I had a great time. Uh, I don't think it's uh, his best, but I do think it is uh, definitely worth a watch. Uh, and funny story, I still yeah. haven't watched uh, Haunting of uh, either of the manors uh, or houses. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like Mom I should because I've heard that Hill House is his best and everything else since then is not as good. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I should give it a watch. Yeah, I mean, when you were raving about Midnight Mass, I think I watched the first two episodes, but um, yeah, never got around to watch more. I think if I, I think you don't love horror as a whole for like movies and TV. But maybe something about gothic horror is something that really intrigues you. I know that... I love Adam's Family. That's probably what... Yeah, you're probably right. I feel like it's gothic horror. Because, like, when we watched... What was it? I think the latest... uh, uh, Love, Death, Robots. When there was a gothic story, Lovecraftian stuff, you also were like, that's your kind of thing. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that's that's how to play into your cards to actually get you to watch some horror stuff that just needs a bit of, of gothic in maybe it's true um it's true yeah i might catch i might catch this as well but i don't know i haven't seen any of mike flanagan's stuff apart from dr sleep uh you know like actually like watched it all the way through yeah i the reason i like midnight mass is the same reason i like certain australian films there's certain australian films that are kind of set in outback towns and outback Mm -hmm. towns are super interesting to me uh because i've gone to some of them and they are like a whole different type of community cut off from the rest of the world. And it can form these really interesting sort of dynamics. And Mm. uh, like, for example, when I recently watched The Dry, I loved that because it was set in an outback town and they had their own rules. Uh, There's a new one coming out. I think it's Mm. called The Royal Hotel that's uh, set in an outback town. And I'm super intrigued for that. Uh, and then similar to Midnight Mass, it's a, a separate island that has its own basic world. And I feel like for me, that was more interesting to me than the actual vampire stuff is this little community that they built, this cult-like community. So yeah, that that's probably why I liked it. But um, yeah, I, again, I, I enjoyed this because it was a, a, a fun adaptation of some of the stories that I have read of Edgar Allan Poe. Speaking of fun adaptations, I feel like that is a perfect tie over to uh our next subject uh which you thought was our main subject today and it might as well Oops. be because there's this there, yeah there's a lot to talk about with this adaptation Lachlan, i think you told me you watched the first 100 couple hundred episodes of one piece back in the day so you're familiar with the ip it, like it's it's hard to like pinpoint down like how much you've actually seen when there's like 1100 or how many may, maybe even more yeah and I have noticed that Netflix has added the first 18 season, I think, onto Netflix, which is 400 also in episodes. Yeah, in Australia, they've got the first 400 episodes mm. on Netflix. So, yep, it's a lot. This, this, would be, <laughs> this would be a perfect place for a sponsor, but we, we unfortunately don't have it because I don't think it is in Switzerland, but I'll, I'll definitely check it out if, uh, 
it also has the the just the original version as well um just like dub uh i'd actually give it a watch because i was considering hey when do i get crunchyroll to start watching this watching as, as, One Piece? I, yeah. I, I okay so it's like it's a, like you don't want to do that this late in the game you don't want to start watching one piece because i looked it up it's it would take you i think 21 or 22 days of of watching straight to get through all of the all of the stuff that's crazy mm -hmm. a lot <laughs> three weeks of non-stop non-sleeping watching one piece to catch up I, I maybe i'm more intrigued to catch up with the the manga uh, but watching these first nine episodes of the series, I want to do both. Like, I don't know how you felt about it. I think this nailed it out of the park. And I would go as far to say that this, to me at least, was the, the best Netflix uh, original show of the year. But how, wh how did yeah. you feel about it? Damn, that's yeah. a prize. Yes. <laughs> I mean, maybe speaks to the, the rest of the quality. Like, it, it doesn't beat all of, the other ones but i do have a list of i I've, I've watched a shit ton of shows especially early in the year before like the emmy deadline was coming up one piece is currently my sixth highest ranked series of the year out of 60 series that i've seen this year already yeah wow but yeah what did you think of it because i mean i liked it quite a bit uh i was pretty positive on it uh, as i said last episode I, I i started watching it and then afterwards i continued and uh i finished it maybe a day or two later which is then when i started watching uh, the Fall of the House of Usher, and I had a I had a great time. It's a perfect example of when you're adapting something, you can't just half ass it. And the best part about this is it goes into it. It really does dive headfirst into the world, and it accepts the strange reality that these human real life people are in. And I think that's the, mm. the most interesting aspect from an anime manga adaptation is that a lot of those expressions that they have in those shows are quite over the top. And it's really uh, weird seeing a human do such over the top actions like Luffy. Mm -hmm. the, the, the oddest thing when you first watch it is when he starts like throwing his hands up and doing his iconic Yahoo, like, like, like yelling into the sky and, and it's gum, like... Gum. That wouldn't work if they weren't already going so hard into this world that looks like ours, but everyone's got these outrageously interesting outfits and have these mm -hmm. crazy costumes and have these stupidly cool abilities. And like, you know, it, it really dives head in and nails the, the world itself and makes everything feel... Mm -hmm realistic right it makes you go no i could believe that in this world that they believe that they're in works so i think for me that's the the biggest thing i think it nails the character stuff so great i, I think i'm not like a fan of flashbacks uh usually and i didn't love them in here for, for me at every step of the way even the stuff that like made me cringe or like i, I thought was very cheesy it ultimately still felt like it, it fit into this world at all times I, I didn't really see anything that that really broke that for, for me um mm. the only thing maybe i didn't really like was uh, maybe slight spoilers for the first arc of, of one piece in the series that episode that they have uh when they um get Usup at the manor I, I think that's the one where i think it drags a bit too much and it feels like we are getting another person onto our team where the rest of it kind of I do have to praise it for how well it flows kind of from from um, like kind of arc to arc or like island to island. I think the core dynamic is one that is incredibly strong between uh, Luffy, Nami and Zoro. Um, and they, they nailed it with the casting. They're, they're doing great. I know some people were like uh, <laughs> like a bit frustrated with how Luffy comes off, but I feel like Again, probably pretty perfect adaptation um, to, to kind of make that work from anime onto, into live action. Something about his personality is so incredibly in infectious that even if these people don't believe in him at first, it, it does make sense why they would stick with him. And it, in the same vein, you just kind of want to keep watching. Uh, and that is, is hard to do. This was 
is is not a hard, uh, not a, not an easy thing to adapt something this well. Uh, I think it also goes to say that they invested enough in this because uh, someone um, like Buggy, uh, a pirate who can literally tear off all of his limbs, looks incredibly well. Like at at times, this stuff looked better than uh, than than stuff that we get on on the big screen. In in my opinion, um, mm. I think they kind of nailed it. There's obviously a lot of like green screen stuff there, but they did a lot of like great prosthetics work. And uh, yeah, I was just fully in engrossed in the story. They really nailed it. And I was surprised. I thought like, you know, from what I've heard, yeah, it's a pretty good show. Like people who watch the anime as well were saying, yeah, it's a faithful adaptation, pretty good. But it, feel, it feels a bit understated. I think they really did a great job with this. Uh, maybe I'm overpraising it. Uh, yeah. I, I think that it's not, again, from... My very loose memory of the anime, I feel like it's good. I don't think it's a perfect adaptation, but I feel like that's mm -hmm. the key word we're looking at here. It's an adaptation. It is something different. It doesn't need to follow yeah. the same structure. It doesn't need to follow the same character mm -hmm. arts. But as a massive fan following that this, this IP has, you would have to nail it out of the gate. And I feel like... Mm -hmm. They could possibly change where the story goes and they could possibly choose a different arc. But I think for what they did, <laughs> yeah. because it invests so heavily into this crazy world, we have a we have a pretty good show that I would happily watch for a couple of seasons. I mean, yeah, you got a lot to to adapt and go on uh go on for a bit. I mean, this first arc that they that they adapted here, I think was like something like sixty-four episodes or something in the series uh, in the anime. Um, so they, they also condensed it down, like from what I've read storylines of like, uh, Nami and Zoro were combined to be like kind of in the first part when Nami was initially coming on like one step later on, they kind of went from island to island at the start, adding new members to the crew. And, uh, I think that was a great choice to combine them to kind of condense it down a bit at parts. I think it, it did feel a bit rushed emotionally where we have to arrive at places like there's one episode later on with Zoro where he's stuck down in a well and it's like intercut with him escaping a well his emotional thing and I think his fit like it's it's a really it's a really intricate and important arc for for him as a character and backstory and it didn't really work for me the way that they kind of assembled it together yeah, everyone has has a rich backstory. I it felt weird because this 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 series made me tear up a couple of times because I was so in engrossed in the stories. They 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 got me in, and I I might be reading and watching One Piece uh, as we wait for season two as well, which is a crazy thing to say. But, uh, All twenty one days worth. I mean, uh, I guess I guess it will take me a bit. Uh, but I I might also read the 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 manga for a bit. Um. Just kind of, I'm, I'm really curious to like read the first arc and see the differences. But uh, anything else you wanna wanna bring up for for One Piece? No, it's good. Yeah, I think rating wise, I'm somewhere between like a, probably like a seven out of ten, uh, for the series as a whole, uh, or a seven, eight. Um, pretty good. Can recommend even for people who uh, don't watch anime. As as you can see, like it was widely popular beyond like in into the mainstream, just normie um, Netflix user base. So, uh, yeah, great thing. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the normies, yes. All right, let's talk about our main review of the day. Uh, of the week, Fair Play from uh, Chloe uh, Dumont. Uh, I don't know if you, she, she's French, but I'm just going to pronounce it in a French way because I feel like it. Um, I think it's her directorial debut. She has a couple of other things listed there, but I assume they're all uh, short films. Um, this film played earlier this year at Sundance and then got acquired by Netflix for uh, 20 million. Comes in a runtime of 113 minutes and uh, yeah, it's only playing on Netflix. So there's no, uh, I guess, data on how well it's uh, doing at like box office wise because there is none. Um, but it's been at the number one place for a couple of days now. So Fair to say, this is definitely something that works for the Netflix users. You know, you got a thriller and uh, the tag of erotic was kind of slammed onto it uh, forcefully, I'd say. I don't know if it fits 
this to, to describe it as a erotic thrill, but we'll get into that in a second. But uh, Lachlan, could you read us the, the logline for the movie? An unexpected promotion at a cutthroat hedge fund pushes a young couple's relationship to the brink, threatening to unravel not only their recent engagement, but their lives. Ooh. Lots of unraveling. Before we talk spoilers for the for the film, um, just generally, um, positive, negative, what were your thoughts coming out of the, the movie? I didn't hate it. It was all right. Didn't hate it. Okay. Okay. I, uh, it's not my kind of movie. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and it's right. why I enjoy doing this podcast is because it'll mm. make me watch movies that I won't necessarily go and watch. And it's the same yeah. with, with, with when we went to cover Khan. Like there were films there that I wouldn't necessarily go and seek out and watch. But that's the exciting part of film for me is that there are so many different narratives and stories to tell. There's certain genres that people do. This is just not one that if I was at home flicking on Netflix, I would go, yep, that's for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was fun. It was an enjoyable ride. I thought that uh, the performances of uh, both Phoebe Denver and uh, Alden Ederich were, were quite good. and. Uh, yeah, I, I had a fun time with it. Fair, fair. Yeah, I think um, the way that this was was marketed, like the erotic thriller, might be a bit misleading, and it maybe it's like seems more intriguing to the Netflix audiences who is watching like a bunch of reality TV and those like true crime docs. And maybe I'm just bundling them all together, and it's not at all the same demography. But it, it just kind of feels that way, uh, where I feel like this is way more. Uh, this is way more like uh, trying to make a point about uh, gender dynamics in the financial world, uh, world like patriarchy and relationship uh, struggles in that sense when it, when it is in, in that competitive environment and how toxic it is. So for me, like there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, yes, I, I love this. I love to get into the nitty gritty and kind of break this down. So for, for me, it's like, I, I get why this is way more kind of my thing um, than it is than it is for you. I rewatched it last night to kind of get a get a feel for it, and I I did have a chance to catch it in a theater um, here at the Zurich Film Festival, and I, I liked it a bit more in the theater because I really liked the tension that it built throughout, and then I didn't really like where it ended up ultimately, and then on the rewatch where I kind of saw where it was building towards, I liked it a bit less because it felt to me at a lot of steps along the way like it was trying to hit points to be like to get to the edgiest conclusion it could and it felt really calculated and not actually trying to study this study these characters and study the dynamics within them where it was just trying to get to a bombastic like tension-filled tension explosive ending but i don't know if you felt about it what what did you feel about it when it comes to like the tension do you feel like you would buy in or would you short the stock on the tensions for the film? Uh, there were certain elements that I thought that were quite nerve wracking. Uh, not so much between Emily and the corporation, but more between mm-hmm. Emily and Luke. And I think that's where most of the tension lies because that's the, the main yeah. driving point. Um, when Emily was being degraded by her boss and other people, I didn't find that terrifying i was like that's just a woman in this industry and that's fucking terrible and it just wasn't that Mm. shocking to me because i know that that's what the industry is like with women in that field and it was Mm. obvious that they were going to go down that line and to see her what was more i think terrifying for me was how crazy they were after she was buck wild at the the party um Mm. i was like Oh man, this is gonna slip into to uncomfortable territory for me. But for me, yeah. the, the tension was was mainly just between Emily and Luke, and I and I feel like uh, Alden Enrich does a does a brilliant job of his descent into madness. Essentially, he does like a a Jack yeah. Nicholson, The Shining descent into madness <laughs> uh, style performance here, and that was quite enjoyable. And uh, Emily, uh, played by Phoebe Denver, does a awesome job as well with her rise to success and then her I guess I wouldn't say 
the her performance was as gripping to me as as Aldrin's, but uh, she does a really main, great job because she is the main character in this film. She is our perspective, our point of view for the majority of this film. Yeah, which by the way, spoilers for the, for the rest of the review from here on out. But I I think what what she what I didn't really love about this film is that she has to keep on reacting to him. But I think that was kind of the point that, like, even in this, uh, in this in this structure that she as a, as a as a woman that's going up in success has to kind of accommodate the fragile ego of a, a, a like a male a male coworker as a partner. But it also extends to all of the other coworkers coworkers are talking shit behind her who don't really attribute her success or her promotion to. Uh, act, her actual skills but um yeah i like reading into it as like uh oh yeah she must have sucked someone's dick to like climb the ladder, ladder and, and shit like that i do like how it doesn't really try to condemn that stuff in a really like clinical fashion but it does stick to the to the plot uh to basically not overemphasize the point it's trying to make over like the narrative it's trying to tell because it still makes these points, but within the narrative, and I feel like that's sometimes where where corporate, like bigger studio movies, when they are like for a certain group or like to to like uh, agree with uh, a certain movement or whatever, where they kind of lose themselves, where it does feel ring hollow, and it does doesn't do that here. I think it like the point it's trying to make it kind of nails, um, but. I just kind of wanted more from her. I wanted more from her other than reacting of other people that have expectations of her and her jump that she has to do sometimes when she's like out at the club and then she's like with the boys and then she comes back and tells that story. I think there's like a, a big jump where there's this, I, it feels like an identity crisis that she is going through. And I didn't really see that be coherent in her character. I feel like it just needed her to be that way in certain points where like Alden, like Luke's character was, was way more of like a linear, descent into whatever his character's progression was uh but i guess it's just like based of her thing, thing being always reacting off of other people's emotions and whatever like being tied to that uh because yeah. um yeah patriarchy i don't know it's uh, it, i think it's it's like it's a film that opens up a lot of interesting conversations um and i i found it quite intriguing even if some of the moments were a bit a bit cringy to watch, but the before I think the performances were really solid. I don't think, from a technical standpoint, there's much to break down. Cinematography, yeah, and and audio are, well, are very fine in this film. I don't think mm -hmm. either of them stand out with anything super crazy. I think it's primarily performances and storytelling. Yeah, yeah. that that takes center fold with this film. And we've already touched mm -hmm. on both uh, Phoebe and and Alden's performances as Emily and Luke. Uh, I don't find much of the surrounding cast that intriguing and, and that great, but to be fair, they are all are pretty one-dimensional when it comes to character beats and, and what they do. But for me, once again, story-wise, it, it does have some bumps in the road that I, I don't necessarily enjoy. And for me, again, I, I'm not super positive on the film because it's, it's just not something that I would hunt down and, and watch. But I feel like overall it is quite gripping. Like the film is quite mm -hmm. gripping, but I don't feel like there's much to chew with this film. I feel like once you've watched the film, yeah. it's over. I don't really have much to say about it. That's, that's an issue with a film like this. I don't really have anything I want to break down and go, yes, this is done super well, or this is done super poor. I feel like the film is, is clean. You get in, you get out, the story's done. Yeah, and I mean, that's also what I noticed on the rewatch, that like the stuff that I thought there's, there's, might be something to to gnaw on and like get deeper into just wasn't wasn't really there because maybe we can talk about the ending here so full-on spoilers I, I didn't I didn't really like it I didn't really like where this this ended up where it was just like uh, an exchange of blows where she ultimately comes comes out on top it's definitely like cathartic I guess in a way but it's also like really sad uh, for, yeah. for both of them but uh, what did you think about it? About the ending? Yeah uh I guess it's like a, I found it quite funny with like the perspective thing 
because I, I was I was yeah. genuinely uh, intrigued by why we follow Phoebe's perspective the entire way and uh, mm. and not like a split perspective of of Aldrin and and uh, Phoebe's perspective of Luke and Emily's perspective. It because you could definitely find uh, an interesting perspective based film with with what actually happens because you only get it from one perspective and 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 Aldrin's like the the bad guy. But what would be mm. also kind of interesting is if we primarily get two perspectives and we have possibly, and this is maybe getting a bit more complex, like two timelines that we follow, right? Like a, I don't know, just yeah. for the sake of it, a black and white timeline and a colored timeline. Very Christopher Nolan of me, right? But we have two mm. different perspectives that we could follow. Uh, the, the the black and white thing's a joke. Don't get me don't get me wrong. It's, it's kind of funny, but yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a joke. But it would be interesting <laughs> to have to have Emily viewed in the negative light that that Luke sees her in and then Emily's perspective of the negative light that she sees uh Luke in did I say that right Emily hate Luke I, Luke I know what you mean Emily. like the Russian yeah different perspective shown yeah and then have like a, a meeting point where neither of their perspectives are skewed and it's the actual truth and then you don't have a, a, a protagonist you can trust because you ultimately yeah. as a viewer need to trust your narrator, your perspective, right? That's the, that's the truth yeah, yeah. that you get. And we're following Emily and she eventually throws Luke under the bus, but it would have been interesting to have Emily be a, an actually bad person uh, because we have a different perspective. And then at the end, it's like, no, funnily enough, Luke's the, the bad guy. He's the bad perspective that we've been looking from. Emily has done mm. nothing wrong, but for me, that that's why the film isn't necessarily anything too hard to chew, because you get yeah. the perspective of Emily the entire way, and then right at the end, she's like, yeah, he stalked me, he did this, he did that. Like, wouldn't it be interesting if maybe he was never actually them, you know, getting married, it yeah. was like a fantasy idea she had in her head, and then... Yeah, like it, 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 there's there's interesting aspects that could have gone that make it a little bit more ambiguous for the story. But it, it, again, it's very cut and dry of what actually happens. It's presented on screen. You don't have to process much, yeah. and then you're out of the film. I think that might be more intriguing for a thriller, but it's also been done in ways where I feel like the collective understanding of the current landscape here is that like the financial sector plus the gen gender dynamics in the corporate world. Like, we have an understanding that they suck on the patriarchy, especially for women. Yeah. So, I don't know if you need, like, but if, they if you would hide need it that or if it well. would be so obvious. Sorry. It's a yeah, they hide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, you, you, you don't drag this shit back into the office, but you still do it. You know, let HR yeah. deal with that shit, like uh, Campbell says, like, uh, at the end of the film. Like, I don't think there's a way that this story that, that she was doing here works with this Frida dynamic. Uh, maybe it will make, make for a more intriguing film overall when you kind of take away the, the real life connection this has, but being so ingrained, obviously it's like very over the top and like also kind of fetishizing this, like how, how cutthroat this, this world is. Uh, I was like typing things in there and like, oh, these 20 million deals and then they, like there's, there's, there's a characterization that is clearly done for, for the financial sector that part true, part over the top. But the, the dynamics here, I feel like, are oftentimes just kind of a stand-in for, for a larger point rather than the characters themselves that we get, which is what makes it a lesser story in this movie, but ultimately like a, a better representative piece that I found mm. quite, a, quite interesting that way. But then it doesn't really come together for me at the end to like, justify maybe some of the narrative beats that I didn't enjoy as much where the biggest story could have been great. Um, so it was a bit let down on both fronts uh, there. But yeah, perspective things I think are always kind of interesting. Um, but again, I feel like as, as like a collective narrative uh, and mind of people going into this, I feel like we are already kind of there where we know that the guy is probably the bad guy. Just it, 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 doesn't, it wouldn't really make sense if it's the other way around. I think that's pretty much it. There were a couple of things that I found a bit silly. Like, obviously, like Campbell knows that they are together at the end. He kind of, you yeah. know, he, he, he's aware. Uh, I don't know if he was maybe even before. He probably was before. 
Because it's weird. Wouldn't they have to say matters? Aren't they like living together? Maybe one of them yeah. is like registered there. And, I don't know. As like another apartment in New York. But considering rent. It's just, I don't know. It's, like that was something that didn't really make sense to me. And then the second thing was like. After she slams the glass on his face. And then runs off. And he storms after her. And they like end up having this really weird sex. No one goes after them. And I found that really concerning for the shitty family that they have. Like, why are you not... Like, that's... Like, obviously, they have some stuff to sort out. But you do go... Like, I don't know. Would you not go after them in that moment, Lachlan? Uh, Does that be concerned for her Not if you're a safety? bad parent. If I'm a good parent, maybe. But if, uh, if I'm a bad just friend friends, or a bad just parent, like, I'd, 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 yeah, uh, it just I'd just say, like, nah, go fuck yourself. Stay out of it. <laughs> Because that was one, like, I don't, I don't know, to, to, to me that was, like, something that kind of broke it for me as well, where they, like, wanted those, like, the, the frills of having, it's, a, like, a common fruit line, it starts with it, kind of yeah. ties it at the end there, where, like, they're at a party, and then they fuck, and that's kind of the intriguing thing to them, but at neither point, I, I thought, like, they were actually doing something in public where they could be caught, because even, like, <laughs> somehow it was really disconnected, uh, but, but, yeah. Uh, and the the erotic part, I think, of this isn't really there. Uh, it's just like an opening thing, and then obviously it's the struggles that they don't have like anything between the two of them anymore. And what I didn't bring up yet is like really quickly Luke's escalation. Uh, I did say it was like more linear. It's not really linear. It's just like he he's dead. They're fucking all good. He's about to get a promotion. Maybe he never was going to. He doesn't get it. She gets it. He's at a point where he's just like dickhead, and the escalation of him like doing this weird course that uh, is very real, you know. Uh, usually for younger people, uh, younger teen boys, uh, not not like people in their twenties, but it definitely does happen. Like that alienation of the other gender and like finding um, frustration as like a common through line to basically yeah alienize everyone alienate everyone uh, around you and uh, yeah the descendants into inceldom uh, is something that uh, yeah is definitely happening happening a lot in, in the internet uh, on the internet I found that part intriguing but again it didn't it didn't give me much more than like hey he's looking at a, at a laptop and he has headphones in and listening to this stuff I wanted a bit more of a dissection so uh, I lowered my rating from uh, four out of five for this to a three and a half. I still feel like it's worth checking out, but uh, it's not as great as it could have been. Like, this could have been like a 9 out of 10, in my opinion, but it, it just, it, it couldn't get there. What about you, Lachlan? Uh, I ended up leaving this at a 3 stars. 3 stars out of 5. It was okay. Yeah, not my fair. cup of tea, mm -hmm. but it was a good cup of tea. It was a good cuppa. Pass me that mug uh, with your cup of tea to continue that double feature. Lachlan, what are you picking? Um, I'm picking a, uh, another, like, fund corporate piece, uh, with a descent into uh -huh. madness, but this one I like a lot more, uh, American Psycho. You like that one? Mm. It's a good one. Look, look at, look at the slick design of my, um, of my card here. Um, it says, like, oh, yeah. my name down here. Yeah. Pretty brilliant. Helvetica, uh, font. Very cute. <laughs> Impact funk. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's one that's always great uh, to to give a rewatch. Uh, I know yeah, it ties into so many things. I think this is a great pick. Uh, so um, <laughs> mine, mine is not as great a pick because I struggle to come up with something that was like a thriller, maybe like a female-led, something like that. And the only thing that kind of came up was Promising Young Woman. But then it felt like, ah, no, I don't want to pick that. Uh, so I was like, okay, what's in the title? It's fair play. Uh, let's go with, because it's spooky season, it's, it's horror season. I went with no. Child's Play. Um, oh. The first Chucky movie. Of course you did. <laughs> so that's my pick for the double feature. Maybe not as thematically tied in, but tied into the month of October. On the horizon for new releases is the much anticipated I think on Letterboxd is like the most anticipated film for the rest of the year. Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, um, produced by, I think, Paramount and Apple TV Plus, is uh, ha having a theatrical release. I think they haven't even announced it on what day it will hit Apple TV Plus. I don't know if they have since. Um, but yeah, they had a weird run at the festivals. Like, they, mm. they didn't 
they had like some announced, but then they pulled back last minute. It was like added to the one showing was added to the Zurich Film Festival. Um, so it played there, but I think it didn't play in, I think in New York and in London, because it, it, again, it's it's out next week on the 20th. So we'll give it, uh, well, Lachlan, we'll give it a rewatch. I already rewatched it and we'll dive full on into this three and a half hour long um, epic. And I'm very excited. Uh, if you're already curious and uh, you're not sure if this is your thing, we do have um, reviews linked below that we did back in Gun uh, for this. We have short reviews. We have a collective review. There's a whole bunch of stuff about uh, Killers of Flower Moon. And yeah, next week we'll talk full on spoiler thoughts. Uh, there's nothing else really big that releases this week. I think they kind of made way for Scorsese, as they should. Uh, we will have a recap of the Zurich Film Festival later this week. Uh, now, this time, actually. And then um, later on, also again, Film Festival, like we teased. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Lachlan, anything else to add? Anything else you want to bring up? The, oh, you got... Oh, that's sick. I don't like the poster. Gotta say, I don't like the poster. I don't know how you feel about it. Um, but 4K. I, is, is that what you're... 4K your The Exorcist. For the week? Are you, yeah, you going to watch it this week? See or? what it's like on 4K. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, report back on how well that, that it translates onto... Onto disc, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> onto the screen, it doesn't really go. When you don't go to the cinema, I don't like. Ah, uh, what, what, what do we describe this medium to? Anyways, uh, that's it for the week. Don't forget to uh, leave a like and subscribe to the channel for more reviews. And uh, yeah, leave us a rating on Apple. I maybe should have said that early on, but if you're still sticking around at this point, then you definitely are down to leave a rating on Apple, t uh, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. But thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.